Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Hey! (laughs) Wow. Thank y'all so much. It is so wonderful to be home. I have been a lot of places this year, but there's no place like home. I really love you guys. So last service, I preached my whole sermon in the last six minutes, so I have to manage my time better. So I got to run through these slides really, really quick. Don't laugh or look like you're enjoying it, and just help me to rush through it, okay? So I was coming home. I was, I was, I was at thir- hour 30 of a journey from Toronto. I was coming from Kenya to Atlanta, and at about hour 30, I was in the air coming from Toronto to Atlanta. I was exhausted and sleepy, nodding and just going to sleep. And it was around sunset and I nodded off and my head jerked up and my eyes opened and I looked out the window and I saw clouds and I saw the sun setting and it was breathtaking. And I said, oh God, that's so beautiful. Thank you for making sure that I saw that. And he said, baby girl, we had a good year, didn't we? And I said, yeah, we really, really did. And I unfortunately fell back asleep. But I promised him that I really wanted to just look over the whole year and just thank him for everything he did because it was so, so, so incredible. Hey, there's my slide girl. Okay, you're my slide girl. Okay. (laughs) Okay, if you could put the first slide up. So I want to impart to you today, and I've got to rush through so we can get to the impartation part. Psalm 6511 You crown the year with goodness, and your paths drip abundance. And I'm just releasing that into all of our lives, corporately as Bethel Atlanta, and then individually. I'm just releasing into our lives that this is a year that God would crown us with his goodness, and that every part of our lives would drip with his abundance. And I just want to share from you this year, because I feel like God is extending it, that 2018 is going to be just an epic year of goodness and abundance. So let's look at at 2017. Um, I just finished a book. Um, Yeah, my first nonfiction book. And the name of the book is The God Zone. The first time I preached this message, The God Zone, was January 2011. And now I've lived it and I've written a book about it. Um, We're supposed to have books today. They didn't come yet, so we have order forms if you want to get one. I'd love for you to get a copy of this book because I think it'll really bless your life. But the God zone is the place where purpose and destiny meets the kingdom, where when you submit your life to God and surrender your life to God, all of heaven backs you to make your dreams come true and to make God's dreams for you come true. And I preached that message the first semester after I had launched off to Bethel, Atlanta, Cameroon. And I came back because I discovered this place like miracles happen, like God shows up in supernatural ways that you never even expect. Like God is really real. He really keeps his promises. He really does great things. He really, he's really there. And there's this place called the God zone that I want everybody to live in. And so now I've lived in it for seven years, and I really want to invite you today that this next year and this next season of your life would be this incredible, incredible experience of the God zone. 
As Steve mentioned, I was a medical doctor, hated being a doctor, never wanted to be a doctor, always wanted to be an artist, always wanted to do so many things. And when I came to Bethel Atlanta School, got all these prophetic words. I'd been getting prophetic words for 20 years about going to the nations, about worship, about being this great woman of faith, about all these amazing things that I dreamed of. But I was stuck in this job and in this life as a doctor. And I came here and being at Bethel Atlanta, being in this wonderful, amazing community, gave me the courage to take a leap of faith. I quit my job. At that point, I didn't even know where I was going. I didn't know what I was going to do. Quit my job, and then I um, connected with some folks in Cameroon. It's all in the book. I can't tell the whole story now. But went over there for the first time, fell in love, and ended up graduating from year two of Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry, and then went over there to plant a school of supernatural ministry. And it's been the most amazing, unimaginably mind-blowing, glorious adventure with God. I can't even begin to describe how wonderful it's been. And so this book tells that whole journey from doctor to nation-hopping missionary in Africa. And then it ends with me talking about what's next and what I'm hoping for next, what I'm dreaming about next. Um, last September, I was burnt out. I was tired. God took me to Kenya. I thought I was going on vacation. Got a new assignment. And God said, you're going to be launching in Kenya. And it's pretty urgent. You need to go ahead and, and let Let's do this. Let's make this happen. So we planned that this, this year we would do KLA, Kingdom Leadership Academy, Kenya. And then we've also been going to Nigeria and building there. And God started saying scary words like apostle. And, you know, I can't say it still. I just say apostolic leader, apostolic calling, that kind of thing. I'm trying to, I feel like I got my mom's shoes in the closet and I'm trying to walk around and they're just too big. I'm trying to to fit in this apostolic call over my life. But he started talking about Kenya and Nigeria and South Africa and Botswana and all these places. And I started dreaming with him, like, let's not just stay in Cameroon. Let's, let's take the kingdom to the nations of Africa. And so the book is Doctor to Missionary, Building the School in Cameroon, it being amazing, and then dreaming ahead of what would be next. And these are the last lines of the book. I've had several days when I wake up overwhelmed at the prospect of it all. This year, I'll be in Nigeria, Kenya, and maybe South Africa. We'll launch KLA Kenya this year and prayerfully KLA Nigeria soon. It's scary, overwhelming, exciting, anxiety-provoking, and exhilarating to think about it and plan it. Hopefully, it won't be long before I'm writing The God Zone 2 about our adventures in Kenya and East Africa, Nigeria and Ghana, South Africa and Botswana. My heart is filled with visions and dreams for establishing the kingdom of God in the nations of Africa. With Daddy God and all of heaven backing me, my kids from Cameroon helping me to build, Bethel Atlanta and my friends supporting me, and the best family in the world cheering for me, and your prayers, I believe will do just that. So the book closed and life began, and I just want to take you through the last year in pictures just to show you what it's like to live in the God Zone. So. This is an amazing group of ladies that came over from Bethel, Atlanta. <laughs> we've had a team that's come over. They came over to Cameroon. They've, we've had a team every year, and this team was just really incredible. I just, they got to come back, right? It was just an incredible time. Next slide. This is me, Bessie and Boris, my right hand and my left hand. This is us flying to Nigeria where we did a roundtable meeting with many leaders about how to raise revivalists in the nations of Africa. This was um, Boris's first time on a plane. Bessie has been to Nigeria many times doing sozo. Next slide. And it was just amazing to see my children leading this meeting and talking to influential leaders about how we're going to take over the nations of Africa. Let me have a mama moment. Next three slides. 
So now we're this family. These are This is Bethel and Kingsley. They're two of my staff members. They got married in January. Next slide. This is Corinne. She got married in April. And next slide. This is Julia Beth. She got married in July. So, so happy, so excited, proud mama. Next slide. And then we had graduation of year seven, the, seven, uh, the year of completion, graduation. It was a smaller class. We've had political unrest in Cameroon for the last year, and no, almost two years now. And so um, it was a smaller class, but it still went amazing. Next slide. So anybody knows me knows that this, if you're my friend on Facebook, when you see this picture, it means travel mode activated. I'm flying somewhere. And this was me, so full of excitement, so full of joy, leaving Atlanta this summer to go to Kenya to launch KLA Kenya. And when I was first dreaming about Kenya, I was kind of upset about leaving Cameroon, about leaving my kids behind. I didn't want them to feel abandoned. I didn't want them to just, I don't know, feel like I wasn't going to be there for them. And I didn't want to build alone again. And God was like, silly girl, who said you were going to build alone again? You're going to take your team from Cameroon with you. Anybody that knows anything about West Africa, that's challenging because it's hard for them to get a visa to travel anywhere. And so we believe God, we prayed, we believe, we believe. And next thing I know, it wasn't only me, travel mode activated, but my team got to come to Kenya. And this was, Boris, this was Kingsley's first time on a plane. Everybody else has, has traveled with us before. And so they met me there. And next thing I know, we are starting KLA Kenya. And it was just surreal. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. 23 strangers signed up to sit in a class for 10 weeks and make a serious commitment with their lives based on a Facebook ad that they saw. Crazy. Very crazy. And so this is us. So not only did I, I wanted to build leaders for our launch of KLA, for our launch of Bethel Atlanta, Kenya, that's coming up. I don't know when. I don't know when. I don't know when. I don't know when. But eventually we're going to launch in Kenya. We're going to launch in a whole new country. So I wanted to build leaders to make it easier. Um, and so that was our whole goal, was to bring these folks together, pour everything that we could into them, and raise them up so that they could be the next leaders of Bethel Atlanta, Kenya. But I also wanted to build my team from Cameroon. And when we were budgeting, I budgeted with a, a dream team from here. When we were budgeting, they said, don't you want to put in some money for fun? I'm like, yes, absolutely. So I'm bringing over my team from this small country of 20 million people, pretty impoverished country, very limited in what they've been exposed to and what they've been able to do. And I'm bringing them to Nairobi, which is my African Atlanta. There's everything there. It's an amazing city. you got to come visit me. And so we just decided we were going to have fun. So next slide. This is first elevator ride. I mean, it's just that, you know, and we took pictures everywhere and everything we did. First elevator ride. Now, God likes to do things big. So our first elevator ride was to the top of KICC, which is 29 floors, and it overlooks all of Nairobi. And this is us on top of KIC. Now, let me tell you something. These guys know how to live life. A friend of mine looked at all my pictures from Kenya, and she was like, it's like when you take your kid to Disneyland, but it's not your American entitled kid who doesn't have fun and whines the whole time. It's a kid that really knows how to appreciate fun times. And I'm just, we live life to the fullest. Next slide. And, and I mean, it was just... It was life on top. We, we, we released the kingdom over the city of Nairobi, over the nation of Kenya. And next slide. And just had an amazing time. We were up there for hours. They had to take a picture from every single angle on the roof. Next slide. <clears throat> we also wanted to eat the nations. And so first Chinese restaurants. And like I said, everything. Boris, I have videos of Boris. Every restaurant that we went to, he did this happy dance. And 
every, I mean, he's this, I love food dance. He gained 20 pounds. He was this big before we went. And now he's all, I'm like, okay, Boris, have a good time. Next slide. This is carnivore. This is a, a restaurant. Now in Cameroon, they love meat. They'll eat any kind of meat, alligator, uh, porcupine, monkey, I mean, every kind of meat. So we go to this place that has every kind of meat. And normally in Cameroon, you know, it's, it's, it's not the richest country in the world. So you get a little chunk of meat on top of a big pile of rice. And so we go to this restaurant where they're carrying like whole sides of beef and, and huge things of pork. And oh my God, they tried to kill themselves. <laughs> And it was just fun to watch Boris and Kingsley. They were in a contest to see who was going to win. So like an hour in, they get up and they start jogging around trying to make the food go down so they could get more meat in them. Next slide. This is Ethiopian, which was another experience. Next slide. And we just, we just went to restaurants and enjoyed ourselves and just had a really, really good time. And I, I think I forgot to mention this first service, but Kingsley said something to me. The Airbnb that they were in was just like incredible. It was this really ritzy place. We went all these wonderful places. And he said to me, you know, for the last six years, you've been teaching us about the Father's heart. You've been teaching us that we are royal sons and daughters. You've been teaching us that we're princes, but now you've shown us. And I really see what it means to be a king's kid. Oh, that just made my heart. Next slide. First movie. Oh, my God. Kingsley said, wow, at least a thousand times. Really, really loud. We got to see Spider-Man, Dolby, and Technicolor. It was great. It was amazing. It was a great experience. Wow, the whole time. And then we went to the museum and we got to learn the history of Kenya and all that kind of stuff. Now, I went to Kenya for the first time three years ago and I got to go to Maasai land. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It just did something to you. And I said, God, I want to take them. And so next thing I knew, we were in a car headed to, next slide, Maasai land. And we just had the most beautiful experience there. We got to worship with the people. We got to pray for them. We saw people healed. This woman got delivered from demons. It was just amazing. And then they fed us fred, fresh roasted goat. I didn't eat it because literally you're holding a goat like his leg and I, I couldn't do all that. But next slide. And we just, we got to blend with the women. Next slide. And um, Jason was a big hit. Uh, everybody loves Jason's tattoos. Next slide. And we got to go inside the mud huts and see how they live. And it just is a completely different way of life. Next slide. And then they adorned us all with jewelry. We all came away with beautiful, beautiful jewelry. They sang for us. I have to put the video on my Facebook page. Just amazing people full of culture. Just amazing. Next slide. And then we had a spear contest. They let us see one of their spears. And so we had to see who was the fiercest warrior. And I know you're going to vote for, yes, keep going. These are all pretty okay warriors. She's smiling too much. Yeah, no, he's not a warrior at all. Jason did pretty good. But the fiercest warrior of them all, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Wonder Woman, yes. <laughs> So Maasai land was completely incredible. Um, and then I edit books when I want to make extra money when my wanderlust gets in trouble. And so three years ago, I also got to go to the Indian Ocean at Mombasa. I love the beach. I love the ocean. These guys had only seen the Atlantic. Next slide. So I'm like, we got to go. So we got on a train, which was like a safari. You could see all the animals outside the train and as you're passing by. And then next slide. I got to take them there. And it was amazing. Next slide. And uh, this took several takes. Jason said white men can't jump. And so it took several takes to get the perfect picture. But it just, again, we just had the best, absolute best time. Next slide. 
And this was uh, first time in a motorboat, and we went out in the middle of the ocean, and the guy dove down and he got sea urchins for us. This is Booba the Camel. We all got to ride Booba the Camel. I screamed the first 60 minutes of the camel ride. I'm glad they did not get 60 seconds. No, I got it together. I got it together. I got it together. After 60 seconds, I realized Booba was not going to kill us, and it was actually fun. And then, next slide. So that was all fun. But KLA Kenya was incredible, amazing, over the top, overwhelming. I knew that something special was gonna happen because the first night we had orientation where we pass out books, we pass out a curriculum, we explain to them what's gonna happen, and that's pretty much it. And Kingsley gets up to explain what he's gonna teach them about worship, and the Holy Spirit fell, and next thing we knew there were bodies everywhere. People were slain in the spirit all over the place, having God encounters. First night, orientation, so it was like, okay, this is gonna be something really special. It was incredible. And it just continued to be that way the whole time. I mean, this is a pretty calm picture, but literally, we and it was a tiny, tiny room. We'd have to push back the chairs and just lay out and really enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Next slide. This is prophetic class. These guys were so amazingly prophetic. So the program, it, it just was amazing to see. Like this Bethel thing works anywhere. You take it to Cameroon, it works. You take it to Kenya, it works. I mean, they were really transformed. Next slide. Jason took them on outreach. They went to the slum in Mathari, the slum in uh, Kibera. And then next slide, they also went downtown. There's a, um, a video on our Facebook page of a guy that had been paralyzed for many years getting up from a wheelchair. One of our, one of our people prayed for him. So KLA Kenya was incredible. And the next thing we knew it, 10 weeks was over and we graduated 19 radical revivalists who have said, we will follow you anywhere. We will do anything. You've got to bring this to Kenya. We want to put this in every major city in our nation. This nation needs the kingdom. And they're just waiting for me to come back, continue to pour into them, continue to just build Bethel, Atlanta, Kenya. So it was a huge success beyond my wildest expectations, beyond my wildest dreams. And... I really started to believe, hey, there is an apostolic call on my life. I really am going to build the kingdom of God in the nations of Africa. So meanwhile, back in Cameroon, we're still in the midst of this political crisis that's going on, and we were really praying as to whether we were going to be able to have the school year or not. They start, our, our, our school is usually about 60 students, first year, second year, third year, and they started the school, I, I don't even think they had 20, I think there was about 16 people the first night of class. And so I said, you know, maybe this is just a year to take a break, build leaders, maybe we just need to just wait this political thing out. And they said, give us a few days, we're going to pray, we're going to fast, and then we're going to tell you what God says. And they did that. And they came back and they said, God said that this is going to be one of the most explosive years ever. Do not cancel the school year. Have faith. The students are coming. And next thing you know, here is Bethel Atlanta Cameroon. Year eight. Year eight. So... And it's been incredible. These guys are super hungry. They're super excited. Um, we had Holy Spirit night, and usually we get the people that haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we do a fire tunnel so everybody can go through and get an extra dose of the Holy Ghost. And so after about 15 minutes, pretty much everybody was slain on the ground. And then it's like, what do you do? Do you get them up and make them go through the fire tunnel, or you just leave them on the ground? It's just crazy, incredible. Next slide. 
This was prophetic night, so we, we released students in the prophetic. Now, with this political pl stuff going on, there's a curfew, so we're supposed to leave school and go home. So they got so excited prophesying, they got so excited that they were getting their prophetic words right, that we had to turn off the lights, push them out of the building, and lock the door, and they stayed in the school compound for an hour and a half, prophesying to anything that moved. I mean, me and all the staff have a phone full of prophetic words coming from the first-year class, and that's just how it is this year, just hungry and excitement and it's just unbelievable. Next slide. We also have a church. The church is doing well. I just picked this particular picture. This is our supernatural kids. Uh, this was Holy Spirit Day. She was teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They all got filled with the Holy Spirit, all speak in tongues, except the babies, of course. And then they prophesy. And then the last Sunday I was there, one of our dancers uh, hurt her knee and all the kids gathered around her and prayed for her. And she ended up dancing in that service. So... It's going great. Next slide. Last slide. And so Bethel Atlanta Cameroon has become Bethel Atlanta Africa. And it's just an incredible dream that's happening. So this, is, this is Bethel Atlanta Cameroon. This is the worship team. This is, an ex this is one of our three-hour worship days where we're supposed to worship and then have class and worship never ends. Mm. Yeah, he just fell. Mm. I just, I still can't believe it when I look at it that that's, that that's us, that that's us. This is our building. It's about 100 years old. It was a movie theater back in the German era, but it's our home. And when we were in Kenya, we had to move around from venue to venue. We had to have our sozos in an apartment. They had to come to my house if we wanted to hang out. And I just want to take two seconds just to say, please give to the Build campaign. I cannot tell you how, it, how amazing it is just to have your own home. It's old, it's falling apart, the bathroom is horrible, but it's ours and we can decorate it and we can have whatever meeting we have, whenever we wanna have it, however long we wanna have it. If there wasn't a curfew, we probably would've stayed on the floor that night until 10, 11 o'clock, which is really late in Cameroon. And so give to the Bill campaign because by the time I come home next year for Christmas, I want us to have a home. Can y'all do that for me? All right, all right, good, 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 good. So, you can turn that off, we're done. So that's what life looks like in the God zone. And I just wanna spend the rest of the time just talking to you about how to get there, how to live there, and I wanna impart into your lives because I want for every single one of us for 2018 to be an incredible God zone year, amen? So how many, now look at here, we had very bad participation in the first service, okay? Everybody has to raise their hand. I'm gonna ask two questions and you have to raise your hand on one or the other, everybody. Don't make me come out there with the microphone, okay? All right. How many of you feel like you know what your God zone is? You know your purpose and destiny. You know what you were born for. You know the reason you're on planet Earth. Raise your hand really, really high. Awesome, okay. All right, and then how many of you, you have absolutely no clue, no clue, no shame in it. I mean, seriously, I just think it's wonderful to be able to say, hey, I don't know. Okay, all right, so I'm gonna talk to you guys first and we're gonna impart on you guys first. When you have no idea what your God zone is and what you're supposed to do, there's several ways that you can begin to access it. 
I love to do what I call dreaming with God. And that's just developing an intimate relationship with him where I talk to him like a daddy. He talks to me like his baby girl. That's his name for me. He talks to me like his baby girl. And he can just give me instructions. Like, like I know my God zone, but I didn't know that we were going to Kenya next. I didn't know we were going to South Africa and Nigeria. And so we just have these conversations where he says, okay, what do you want to do next? What do you want? Scary question for God to ask you, what do you want? What do I want? And then you just begin to dream with him about your future. You think about who you are. You think about what you love. You think about what you're naturally good at, naturally gifted at. You think about what you're passionate about. And you take all those things and you sit in God's lap and you have a conversation and say, I love music. I love worship. I love people. What can we do with that? Or I love the nations. I love to travel. I love to explore different cultures, cultures and see different people. And I hate poverty. What can we do with that? Like, come to him with who you are, with what you love, with what you hate, with what you're passionate about, and have a deep, sweet, intimate conversation with a good, good father that wants you to live an amazing life. Time out for the days where we just, you know, sit around saying, I want to know the will of God. And, and we just stay paralyzed and frozen in place, waiting to hear what is the will of God. I don't know. What is the will of Sherry? What is the will of Summer? What is the will of Stephanie? What do you want to do? Like, you're God's good idea. So if you partner with him, a supernatural good, good father, I'm sure the two of you can come up with something really amazing. And it's all about intimacy. It's all about just listening to the whispers and hearing what he has to say. You're also a part of a prophetic community. If you're a part of this church, you're a part of a prophetic community. How many of you have prophetic words? How many of you do not have prophetic words about your destiny, about your purpose, about where you're supposed to go? Okay, so very few people. So wait a minute, when I asked y'all if you didn't know what your purpose and destiny was, you got a prophetic word. Was... <laughs> right? Okay. Get Get in this family. I mean, there's no way that you can walk through this school, especially after the first year students get activated in the prophetic. Walk around with your phone and just be like, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. You know, you live in a prophetic community. I live by my prophetic words. I live by the direction. I've been, this last season, we're getting ready to launch into some pretty huge, pretty amazing things. And I'm just going through my phone and just listening to all my prophetic words. I've got hundreds, if not thousands, because I'm a prophecy magnet. And I listen to them and I meditate on them and I agree and I partner with God on them. And I, I sit and I write down themes. Boris prophesied to me, we're at the beach in Mombasa and we had this beautiful Sunday morning on the beach where we just prophesied to each other and ministered to one another and just really loved each other. And he gave me a 23-minute prophetic word of the whole next season of my life. And it is like steak. I don't even like meat, but it's like steak. It's, it's so meaty. And I just keep listening to it over and over. And I am beginning to become on the inside what that word is saying. Get some prophetic words and partner with those prophetic words. And then get in the presence of God and listen to him. And then press into some God encounters. Like, get with him. Like, when we're in worship, connect your heart to his heart. Or if you're home by yourself, put on some soaking music and connect your heart to his heart. He wants to tell you 
what your purpose and destiny is. He wants to give you clarity and wisdom and understanding. He wants to give it to you. Get still. Some of us just need to learn how to be still in the presence of the Lord and listen to him. And I realize, you know, when I come back to America, I'm like, oh God, what a rat race. We're all moving and running and accomplishing and doing and checking off boxes and and you never take the time to get still. This holiday season, as we're going into the new year, I love going into the new year and just saying what this next season is going to be. Get in his presence, be with him, and ask him questions, and listen, and just be still. And let the Lord speak to you about who you are and what you were born for. Amen? Okay. So I really want you to do that. I really want that to be the next season that you can really discover what you're born to do. I was talking to somebody that was in the first service and she was telling me that her story was very similar. She was a dentist. She's a dentist now and she's just hungry for this great, great life. And I said, just spend some time with him. He'll give you some direction. He'll tell you what to do. And I just feel like there's a lot of people in this room right now that are on the precipice of destiny. You're on the precipice of something great. And so let me just, let me just interrupt myself. Who's on the keyboard? Somebody get me on the keyboard. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. You know I love you. You know I love you. I just feel like some people are on the precipice of something great. Like if I look back at 2008, 2009, 2010, when I started the school, my life is dramatically different. My life is amazing. It's like a whole different life, a whole different person. And I just feel like some of you are in that place right now, and I just want to release something over you. Father, I just thank you and praise you just for destiny, for purpose, for clarity. God, I thank you that there is an amazing, extraordinary, exciting God zone for every single one of us. And God, I just thank you that you're drawing us into it. I just see you reaching your hand out to us and we're just taking your hand and blindly following you. We don't even know where we're going. We don't even know what we're doing, but I just thank you, Lord, that you're just leading us into a new season of our lives. God, there's some people that are just poised on the edge of a glorious future, a glorious destiny, a, a, a life of greatness that you have prepared for them. And I just release faith. I release supernatural courage. Oh, I feel that. We didn't do this first service, but I feel that. I feel that there's supernatural courage being released into the lives of many that you've had dreams in your heart, that you've had thoughts on your mind, but you haven't taken that leap yet. It is a scary jump to jump into nothing, but you're not really jumping into nothing. You're jumping into the arms of a good, good father. I just release courage. I release faith. I release boldness. I release a certain amount of whimsy that's required just to take that big jump of faith into purpose and destiny. And God, I thank you that you're such a faithful God that when we take that jump, you always catch us. God, I just thank you that destinies are being released in this room right now. Great God adventures are being released in this room right now. God's own life is being released in this room right now. And I thank you, God, that for all that are partnering with you in this moment, for all that are connecting their hearts to you in this moment, that you're going to show up big. You're going to show up so big on their behalf. You're going to show up big and surprise them. I declare into your life that 2018 
It's a date you're going to look back on and you're going to say something amazing happened that led me into supernatural encounters, into a supernatural life of living in the God zone. Yeah. Wow, God. Yeah, God. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm, it's just soaking that for just one more minute. I got like five more points, but I just feel like this is a moment, like a heaven pause moment. Just connect your heart to the Father's heart. He wants to do incredible things on your behalf. This next season is an incredible season. Dreams are coming true. Dreams are coming true. Dreams are coming true. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that there's an open heaven over us right now. There's an open heaven over us right now. There's an open heaven and dreams are just being released in beautiful red gift boxes with gold bows on them. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. just partner with you, Holy Spirit. We partner with you, Holy Spirit. We partner with you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for downloads happening in this room right now, that you're giving people ideas, you're giving them visions, business ideas, you're giving strategies, you're giving instructions, God. You're giving strategies, instructions, you're giving next steps. And I thank you, God, that you're infusing our hearts with great courage. You're infusing our hearts right now in this moment. You're sealing dreams in our hearts with great courage. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay, just stay in that place of connection. For those of you that do know what your purpose and destiny is. You do know what it is and you are standing right there and you're ready to walk through the door. I just want to give some points, some, some things that I've lived by and some things that have guided me through this last seven years and into this new season. Number one is believe. And I know that's a Christian term that we throw around all the time, but sometimes I have to ask myself, do I really believe what God is saying? Do I really believe that I'm an apostolic leader called to build centers for his presence in the nations of Africa. And the, the good news is, yes, I'm starting to believe that. What has God said about you? What has he said about your life and future? What has he said about your destiny? And do you believe it? Do you make decisions that line up with what God says? Not line up with your circumstances, but line up with what God actually says about who you are. It's gotten to be that even in my daydreams, I'm beginning to have dreams of just being in different countries with different people, with different cultures. It's just starting to be just that second thought, that, that the idle thoughts that fill my brain are starting to line up with the words that God has said about me. You have to believe. Listen to those words over and over. Speak affirmations. Speak those words over yourself until you believe what heaven says about you. 
If there's any doubt, if there's any fear, get rid of it. Get rid of it and wholeheartedly give yourself to believing what God has said about you. Number one, believe. Number two, become. Like partner with the word and do whatever you have to do to become everything. I need to learn French. I need to learn Swahili. I need to write some more books. There's so many things that I need to do in preparing to walk in this apostolic call. If I want to do ministry in the nations of Africa, I need a few more languages. I need to study some history and some culture and some things. What do you need to do to become what God has said about what you are? Number three is belong. We are a part of a body and nobody is meant to be an island. Nobody is meant to accomplish the dreams of their heart on their own. This is a beautiful, amazing family. This family launched me into the amazing life that I'm living now. They launch you with love. They launch you with prophetic words. They launch you, they make me believe I'm a rock star. They really do. Like, like when I'm around these folks, I think I can do anything. I think I can do absolutely anything. And you need that. You can't, whatever dream God has for you, it's too big for you to accomplish by yourself. You need some people rooting for you and cheering for you. I came home last year from Bethel, Atlanta, Cameroon, and I said, I think we're supposed to launch in Kenya. And they said, yeah. I was like, you guys are crazy. They believed in what God had said to me. They believed in what I was dreaming. And they asked me the magical question, what do you need? Who in your life is asking you that? You got to belong to somebody. This is a great family and don't be on the fringes, you know, just showing up and standing in the back and then leaving when service is over. Get to know some people. Get involved. Build family. Build relationship here because these are the people that are going to usher you into your destiny. This church ushered me into my destiny. And you need that. You need to partner with people that are going to send you where you're supposed to go. And that when you stop believing in yourself, they believe in you for you. Believe, become, belong and then bow down. I know we don't like the word sacrifice. We don't like the thought of giving it all, but I am a laid down lover. And the entrance into the God zone is laying down your life. I have died a thousand times in the last seven years. The other day we were in worship and I just was like, oh God, just kill me again. Just kill me again. I want this. I want you. I want your kingdom in the nations of Africa. Let me die so that the kingdom can live. Complete and total surrender. That scares us because we don't realize how good he is. When you know that he's a good, good father, that he's a loving father, you realize there's nothing that you could possibly give up that could be more than he's gonna give back to you. I mean, I get crazy blessings all the time. Somebody just walked up and handed me a check. I'm trying to go to the Dominican Republic to see my missionary friend, and I was trying to edit books and trying to get enough money, and she just handed me a check that's more than enough for me. I'm going home and buying a plane ticket. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, I take bucket baths. Yes, I have to flush a toilet with water and a bucket, and I, I, I could tell y'all stories of things that I've just been like, okay, we just gonna, mm, we just gonna work, we just gonna, mm. I mean, I could tell y'all some really gross stories about stuff I've endured, but there is nothing that I have sacrificed that's more than what he's given back. I love my life every single day, even when it's hard, even when it's painful, even when it's difficult, I love my life. And I would lay it down again 
and again and again because he always gives more than I could ever think or imagine. That scripture is really real. More than I could think or imagine, he does that for me. Battle, you have to be willing to war. You have to be willing to war for your dreams. There have been times that I was ready to give up. Year two, I was ready to close it down and come on home and just be a barista at Starbucks. That was the plan. We was going to work at Starbucks. I was going to get a lot of free coffee, and that was, that was going to be it. But you have to fight for the things that God has said over your life. You have to fight for what you believe he's saying. You know about that. You have to fight for it. And no matter what happens, no matter the disappointments, the discouragements, the frustrations, depression, no matter what happens, you just get up again and fight. Say, God, I believe you're good. I believe this is who I am. I believe this is what I was born to do. And you just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. Don't launch into destiny and don't launch into the God zone if you are not willing to fight the good fight of faith. Because you're going to have to. Stuff's going to come up. Stuff's going to happen. But you got to stick to who you are. you got to stick to what you know. you got to stick to him being a really, really, really good God. And then the last thing is be, you know, um, just be, just learn how to rest and be with him. Boris got some pretty amazing prophetic words from these apostolic generals while we were in Cameroon. And he just got distressed. And so one day I just sat down and I'm like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? And he goes, it's just, it's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can make this happen. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I, I just, I, and he just was overwhelmed with wondering if he was going to be able to live up to the call on his life. And I said, my dear sweet son, let me tell you a secret. I have done more on accident than I've done on purpose. And I cannot take credit for anything that's happened in Bethel, Cameroon. All I do is listen to the whispers and follow what daddy is saying. I, I don't know a lot. Like, I didn't know how to start a school. I didn't know how to live in another country. I, didn't, I don't know half of what I do. And most of the time, I am terrified. Right now, I'm terrified but I've learned to do it afraid. I've learned to just do it afraid. Just be like, okay, this is scary. This is big. This is huge. This could go really bad in a lot of different ways, but we're just going to do it and just jump into it. Like just be, just be a good daughter. Just be a good son. I live life from his lap. Every morning I wake up, I sit on his lap. I put my head on his chest. He hugs me. He kisses me. He talks to me. He calls me his baby girl. He rubs my back. He tells me I can do anything. And that's how we start the day. Just live life from his lap. Just be, just be a good daughter. Be a good son. Be loved by a really, really good father. And everything else just kind of falls together. It's like, thank God it's not on me. Thank God I don't have to make all these great choices and do everything right. I just gotta be, I just gotta be a, a little girl completely enamored by a wonderful, wonderful father. I gotta be willing to do it afraid. And I just gotta trust that he's good and that he's with me. And so if you're there on the precipice of launching into, if you know your destiny, if you're standing there afraid, if you're not sure what to do, I just want to give you those keys. Believe, become, belong, bow down, battle, and just be. So I just want to release over you right now just the ability to walk in your God zone. This is a God zone year. I speak over Bethel, Atlanta, that this is a God zone year for Bethel, Atlanta, that we're going to be established in our house, that we're going to grow and solidify as a huge, amazing, supernatural family that has the ability to affect this entire Southeast region 
with the kingdom, with revival, that we're going to be more and more an apostolic sending center that sends amazing revivalists to the nations of the world to bring change. I speak over your lives that you would know exactly who you are, exactly why you were born, and that every gift on the inside of you would rise up and manifest. It's, it's an amazing thing to be able to just be everything that you were born to be, to function in that. It just feels great. It feels like this is what life is supposed to be about. I'm supposed to be functioning at my maximum capacity, being a great teacher, a great leader, a great mother, a great revivalist. And I just release that, that every single one of you would discover the greatness that's on the inside of you. You are great. You have a great destiny. You have a great future. You're supposed to do great things on the earth. And I just speak that over you, that in this next season, that God is going to begin drawing those gifts to the surface and that you're going to get to see what that feels like to be you, to be you, the you that you are in heaven manifested on earth, walking in your truest identity and living life to the absolute fullest. So I just bless all of us to walk in that this season. If you want a copy of the book, I didn't get them, but I have some order forms. And so come get an order form. If I'll be here the rest of the time and I'll have books, but if you want, I'm gonna autograph these, the ones that are ordered this week, I'm gonna autograph these with prophetic words and I'll bring them next week or I can mail them. I love you guys so much. I'm looking forward to hearing amazing testimonies of people living in their God zone. Amen? Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.